The Rogue Ghost, Episode 3 So, there's me, still rocking my woolly hat and shades disguise because, you know, got to keep it incognito with goons lurking around every corner. And let me just say, this isn't your typical stroll in the park. We're talking secret magical doors hidden in plain sight, the kind that makes you wonder if you've accidentally downed one too many adult beverages. And as we emerged into the thrum of Times Square, it was like stepping onto a different planet. The neon lights, the hustle and bustle, the energy, it was electric. Greetings once again, my dear friends, as we journey deeper into the ever-unfolding enigma of the Rogue Ghost podcast. With a curious blend of trepidation and unwavering determination, I now recount recent events, a narrative that marked a significant turn in our quest. Following our close call with the shadows of Runeweaver's past as the old year surrendered to the new, she wasted no time in tackling the mystery presented by Santa's cryptic Christmas card. The riddle it held was the first thread in the intricate tapestry of our quest, a thread that led us to the initial destination of our odyssey. Central Park, nestled in the heart of New York City, was the answer to the riddle, a revelation that the Christmas card itself enigmatically confirmed with its softly glowing lantern and the appearance of the answer inside. However, in the course of our collaboration, a significant challenge surfaced, casting a shadow of limitation on Runeweaver's role in our endeavor. It was a stark reminder of her unique position, she was not an enchanter and therefore could not perceive the riddle's magic as I did. The card's invisible message and the ethereal lantern's glow remained elusive to her, serving as a poignant reminder of her inability to interact with magic in the same way I could. Yet, her unwavering determination and formidable intellect were qualities that more than compensated for her lack of enchantment. It became increasingly evident that Runeweaver's status as a mortal played a crucial role in our quest. The magic within the card seemed unresponsive to my voice as I'd previously uttered every metropolis I could conceive of, including New York City, with no hint of confirmation. Yet, it was Runeweaver's eager voice that ultimately unlocked the card's magic, even though she remained blind to its ethereal presence. This layer of security, it seemed, was a safeguard by Santa's allies to protect against the card falling into the wrong hands. It became apparent that this quest was always meant for a partnership between an enchanter and a mortal. Amidst the confines of Runeweaver's mystical limitations, a tantalizing solution beckoned us, an opportunity to reveal the mesmerizing world of magic to her eager eyes without compromising her unique ability to unlock the enchantment concealed within the Christmas card. However, this path would require us to navigate the labyrinthine streets of London, a proposition that gave Runeweaver pause, especially after our unnerving encounter with Carlo the Blade, the former enforcer of the Romano crime family, a menacing specter from her past. Ever resourceful and vigilant, Runeweaver had never fully severed her virtual ties with the Romano family in Boston. She had clandestinely maintained a watchful eye on them, discreetly monitoring their communications. 
it was through this covert surveillance that she stumbled upon a coded message between Tony Romano's second-in-command, his eldest son Vinny, and Carlo himself. Carlo had inquired about the bounty on Runeweaver's head. To her immense relief, Runeweaver discovered that Carlo's presence in London had been a matter of pure chance, not the result of relentless pursuit. He was in the city with friends to celebrate the new year, oblivious to Runeweaver's presence. While her new persona remained secure, the Romano family was now aware that she had been in London. However, they would likely assume she had fled the city following the close call with Carlo. Runeweaver, a master of disguise, swiftly adopted a temporary new identity. She concealed her brown hair beneath a woolly hat and obscured her features behind oversized sunglasses, fortifying herself for our forthcoming expedition into the heart of London. Beneath the veneer of the Enchanter world, there lay a hidden underbelly of magic, a clandestine realm just below the surface that few dared to tread. It was within the shadowy enclave that I had cultivated various contacts during my time on the run. Our journey into the darker recesses of London was a pilgrimage to meet one such contact, a mysterious and shady magical dealer whose skills I knew could assist us. In my possession, I held a cache of stolen magic time, a rare and precious resource that had proven invaluable in my evasion of the Spectrus Order. In exchange for a portion of this priceless magic time, the underground dealer had agreed to provide his services and grant us access to a unique form of magic, tattoo magic. However, this was no ordinary tattoo we sought. It was not meant for mere decoration or self-expression, it was a key, an enigmatic symbol that held the power to unlock the hidden mysteries of the magical realm and reveal them to Runeweaver's eyes. Yet, it also carried a heavy burden, for the mark was both a gift and a curse a double-edged sword capable of unveiling wondrous truths and perilous secrets. Before the magic dealer commenced the ritual, I presented Runeweaver with one final opportunity to reconsider her choice. The path we walked was fraught with danger and uncertainty, and I wanted to ensure she was fully aware of the risks. She had embraced a shroud of secrecy, adopting her new identity to blend into the shadows, but this journey would extract a toll beyond measure. Nevertheless, Runeweaver's resolve remained unshaken, she was unwavering in her determination to aid me in our quest, confront the Cerberus Syndicate, and expose their darkest secrets to the world. As I observed, the dealer deftly etched an intricate mark onto Runeweaver's wrist. The design was deceptively simple, featuring an open eye, encircled by ancient enchanter glyphs. Upon the completion of the tattoo, we retired to a nearby cafe, where we prepared to test Runeweaver's newfound ability. I placed the Christmas card in her hands, and the radiant smile that illuminated her face confirmed that the tattoo had indeed worked its magic. She could now perceive the riddle and the answer that had previously been concealed within the card by enchantment. Runeweaver's desire to be more than just a fellow seeker of the puzzle boxes became evident as we delved deeper into our quest. She expressed a keen interest in becoming a true partner in the Rogue Ghost podcast, an endeavor that had taken on a life of its own. Her brief cameo at the end of the last episode had served as a tantalizing glimpse of what could be, rekindling her passion for podcasting. The prospect of having Runeweaver as a more active participant in the podcast was one that filled me with excitement. After all, 
they say that two voices are better than one, and having her by my side as a fellow narrator and co-host promised to bring a dynamic and multifaceted perspective to our storytelling. As we move forward in our journey, the Rogue Ghost podcast will evolve into a collaborative endeavor, with two narrators working in harmony to uncover the mysteries, explore the enigmas, and share our experiences with you, our faithful friends. Together, we will navigate the intricate web of magic, intrigue, and danger that lay before us, all while shedding light on the shadows that concealed the truth. Hello my fellow truth seekers, it's a pleasure to be back in action. Let's not beat around the mystical bush here, the Cerberus Syndicate didn't just dox me, they put a target on my back the size of a billboard. I had to lay low for a while, but I'm back in the saddle and ready to rock. Now that enchanting tattoo had found its place on my skin, well, let's just say my perspective got a makeover that would make even the most dramatic reality TV transformation look like child's play. It was like someone had ripped away the curtains of the everyday world, and suddenly, I had a front row seat to the mind-boggling realm of magic, yes, the kind of secrets that'd make your ordinary peepers pop. You see, our enigmatic rogue ghost, or RG as I sometimes call him, spilled the beans on a whole covert network of mystical traverse portals, the Shadowgate pathway. But hold on to your hats folks, because these portals weren't exactly screaming, look at me. Nope, no flashy neon signs here. They were just plain old white doors. But here's the kicker, they were hidden in plain sight, invisible to the uninitiated. For folks like me, and a lucky handful of regular humans marked by fate, these doors became the ticket to ride, a cosmic subway to distant realms, a secret world tucked away from prying mortal eyes. It's like discovering the universe had its own secret underground, and you're holding the key. Let me elaborate further on this. Creating a personal traverse was within the realm of an enchanter's power, requiring nothing more than a door handle and a vivid memory of the destination. Yet, such an act consumed precious magic time, a resource not to be squandered lightly. In response, a resourceful group of enchanters had established the illicit Shadowgate pathway, allowing us to journey great distances without depleting our limited reserves of magic time. Thanks RG, for that extra dose of magic 101. Well friends, let me give you the lowdown on our little rendezvous with the Shadowgate pathway. The rogue ghost led me to one of these strange white doors, standing tall and proud in the heart of Piccadilly Circus, like a hidden gem waiting to be discovered by those who possess the special sight, which, of course, yours truly now did. It was like stepping into a whole new world, a real-life Alice in Wonderland kind of deal. Our first stop. The Big Apple, good old New York City. Now, I'll be honest with you, I had some reservations about heading back to my homeland, especially after that little tango with Carlo the Blade. So, I stuck to my trusty woolly hat and shades disguise. And let me tell you, I was mighty glad for that hat because it was just as chilly in the States as it was back in the UK. When we popped out on the other side, right smack dab in the middle of Times Square, you wouldn't have guessed it. These gateways are slick covered in all sorts of perception magic that makes them blend right in. It's like a secret game they're playing, hiding these magical doors in plain sight, right in the middle of famous spots and busy city life. I couldn't help but feel my eyes light up with wonder as we strolled through that enchanted doorway. The thrill of it all, the magic in the air, 
it was like stepping into a whole new world with just one little step. Settling into a hotel room in Manhattan, Runeweaver plunged headlong into the vast expanse of online research, a realm where her prowess blazed most brilliantly. Her determination knew no bounds as she sought to unravel the cryptic connection between New York City, Central Park, partridges, and pear trees. Hours turned into days, and it was during the deepest hours of her investigation that we stumbled upon a digital relic, a photograph from a bygone era that held the key to our next revelation. In this captivating image, a woman stood gracefully beside a majestic pear tree, its strong branches adorned with tender, verdant leaves. The tree was a testament to nature's resilience, nestled in the heart of Central Park, a vibrant oasis amidst the concrete and steel of New York City. The woman in the photograph was called Elaine Partridge, a vision of grace and devotion. Her countenance radiated with a quiet strength, and her eyes glistened with a hint of melancholy and affection. Elaine's gesture, it was nothing short of heartwarming. She dedicated that tree to her one true love, Edward, her late husband. And, looking at that photo, you could practically feel the love and connection they shared jumping right out at you. It was like a love story for the ages, not carved in some cold stone but thriving and growing right there in the heart of Central Park. As we fixed our eyes on that snapshot from days gone by, a feeling of reverence just washed over us. That tree, it wasn't just any old tree, it was a living testament to their love, a symbol of the incredible bond between those two souls. Is it any wonder that just laying eyes on that photo made the lantern on Santa's Christmas card flicker with newfound life? This was irrefutable proof that my inked-up skin wasn't blocking whatever magic was revealing the card's secrets. It was like the universe itself was chiming in, saying, you're on the right path my friends. Equipped with my enchanted backpack, reminiscent of a TARDIS, brimming with an array of tools and relics gathered during my days as a Spectre's ghost, Runeweaver and I readied ourselves for the impending journey into Central Park. Yet, I couldn't shake the ominous warning delivered by Santa Claus regarding the Cerberus Syndicate's knowledge of the first puzzle box riddle. The threat of their presence loomed over us like a dark cloud, casting an ever-present shadow on our quest. Among the tools I carried, I unveiled a pair of seemingly ordinary spectacles, a creation that bore the enchanting touch of my dear angel. Crafted in a time when we knew not the name of our elusive adversaries, these unassuming spectacles had been imbued with potent magic. Their purpose had since evolved, transforming them into a lifeline in our perilous journey. Innocent in appearance, these spectacles had been enchanted to serve as guardians against any enemies. With a mere glance through their lenses, they possessed the ability to detect the presence of these shadowy figures, alerting us to imminent danger. What had once been a simple creation had evolved into an invaluable asset, a sentinel that would keep us one step ahead in our high-stakes pursuit of the puzzle boxes and the mysteries they concealed. Buckle up folks, because our next stop was the one and only Central Park, where skyscrapers and concrete jungles give way to a bit of Mother Nature's finest work.
It's like an oasis of calm, right smack dab in the middle of the New York City craziness. So, there we were, in this green paradise, ready to hunt down Elaine's precious pear tree. Determination? Oh, we had it in spades. But hold on to your hats, because things took an interesting turn. Central Park, which used to be a picture of peacefulness, had now become a syndicate agent hotspot. Seriously, those guys were everywhere, lurking around like they owned the place. Lucky for us, the rogue ghost's enchanted glasses were like our personal danger detectors, giving us the heads up when trouble was about to crash our party. As the sun made its way through the crisp February sky, casting a gentle, wintry glow upon the world, the allure of transforming into my crow persona and taking flight was undeniable, especially on such a bright day when the air carried a hint of chill. The prospect of soaring through the clear blue sky was tempting. Yet, as much as I longed for the vantage point of the skies, the ominous specter of past encounters with the Cerberus Syndicate loomed over me. The pain of past experiences had etched into my memory the unsettling truth, the Syndicate possessed a sinister ability to track localized animas transformations. It was a disconcerting revelation, one that sent shivers down my spine even now. The protective embrace of the aboriginal ritual, which concealed the tattooed mark on the back of my neck, could not shield me entirely from their watchful eyes while in my crow form, and that vulnerability weighed heavily on my mind. As we ventured into the heart of New York City, the looming presence of syndicate agents bore down upon us like a storm on the horizon. The relentless pursuit was reminiscent of a high-stakes game of cat and mouse, with us being the unwitting prey. Every attempt to evade our pursuers only seemed to sharpen their resolve, turning Central Park into a battleground of wits. Upon our eventual return to the park, our hearts sank as we were greeted by a dispiriting scene. More syndicate agents lay in wait, their figures melding seamlessly with the shroud of night, like elusive specters lurking in the shadows. It was as though they possessed an eerie clairvoyance, anticipating our every move before we could even think it. Their uncanny ability to predict our actions had us dancing on the edge of despair, making escape an almost impossible feat. Fiercely determined to give our relentless pursuers the slip, we deployed every cunning trick in our arsenal. We took them on a wild, twisting ride through the concrete jungle of the Big Apple, leading them from the dizzying heights of the Empire State Building to the electric pulse of Times Square. With the confidence of seasoned explorers, we weaved our way through the legendary corners of New York City, all in a daring attempt to outsmart those stubborn syndicate agents. But, let me tell you, their persistence? Oh, it was like trying to shake off a clingy axe on a bad date, utterly unshakable. They were sticking to our trail like gum on a hot summer sidewalk. They just wouldn't let go. Until next time, my kindred spirits, keep the flame of belief ever burning. <laughs>